Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at deltadentalcoversme.com. I hope everyone had a wonderful Veterans Day weekend and uh, everything's back open up today. There'll be uh, mail delivery, but uh, we uh, certainly uh, took the time over the weekend to honor our veterans. A a great parade in uh, downtown Manchester. I'll tell you, Manchester was a very busy place uh, over the weekend with the uh, Veterans Day uh, parade on Saturday. And uh, yesterday, the annual Manchester Marathon took place. I I did not take part, by the way, if you're wondering. I know our good friend uh, Tom Raffio, our president and CEO of uh, Northeast Delta Dental, did the 5K that that goes along with the uh, the marathon. But uh, his wife, Ellen, what, what a remarkable athlete uh, Ellen Raffio is in, in many ways. She is an amazing runner. She, a week ago yesterday... She completed the New York City Marathon, 26 miles, 385 yards. And yesterday, just one week later, she completed the Manchester Marathon, another 26 miles, 385 yards. Just amazing. Truly amazing. I admire all those people who go out and, and you know, they, they do certainly train for it. And uh, now uh, Ellen is getting ready. I don't know what her next marathon is going to be, but I know uh, Boston in April of uh, 2024 is on the horizon, the world-famous Boston Marathon. But I'm told by uh, some marathon insiders, and uh, I've checked this out with some of the marathoners themselves, that the Manchester Marathon is a more difficult course than the Boston Marathon. Uh, I don't know that to be true from personal experience, but I'll, I'll take the word of the people who are uh, in the know when it comes to, uh, to marathon running. If you have anything to contribute to that, if, if you ran the Manchester Marathon yesterday, uh, give us a call. Uh, 603-224-1450 is the number to call. Put that on speed dial if you want to uh, call the program, 603-224-1450. Well, you probably have heard by now that uh, Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott has uh, abruptly announced that uh, he is dropping out of the uh, 2024 race, a development that surprised his donors and stunned his campaign staff just two months before the start of voting in Iowa's leadoff GOP caucuses, and of course, the New Hampshire presidential primary, first in the nation, and our Secretary of State will be announcing the date. Coming up on Wednesday, we will find out on Wednesday when the New Hampshire primary is going to take place. Scott, the South Carolina senator who entered the race in May with high hopes, He made that uh, surprise announcement on uh, Fox News Channel Sunday Night in America with Trey Gowdy, one of his closest friends, both from South Carolina. 
The news was uh, so unanticipated that one campaign worker told the Associated Press the campaign staff found out Scott was dropping out by watching the show. Maybe he just decided in the spur of the moment, talking with Troy Gowdy to uh, drop out. Scott said uh, on the show, I love America more today than I did on May 22nd, but when I go back to Iowa, it will not be as a presidential candidate. I am suspending my campaign. I think the voters who are the most remarkable people on the planet have been really clear that they're telling me, not now, Tim. Scott's impending departure comes as he and the rest of the GOP field have struggled in a race that has been dominated by former President Donald Trump. Despite four criminal indictments and a slew of other legal challenges, Trump continues to poll far ahead and very far ahead of uh, his rivals, leading in uh, many in the party to conclude the race is effectively over, barring some stunning change of fortune. So uh, Tim Scott has decided to pull out. And of course, uh, not that long ago, former Vice President Mike Pence uh, decided that uh, he would be dropping out of the race as well. And it's too bad because uh, both are terrific gentlemen and uh, and great leaders. Uh, they, they truly are. And uh, it, it's just too bad that uh, they did not gain a lot of traction uh, on the campaign trail, I had the opportunity to uh, to meet them both on, on the campaign trail, and uh, specifically, I uh, you know went to see uh, a few of the candidates that uh, I had an interest in, and those were two of them. But uh, Mike Pence, I, I'm sorry to, that he that he dropped out because uh, certainly a very respected uh, leader over the years. And uh, and and Tim Scott, a terrific senator from South Carolina. So they're gone. So that winnows the field again. So you have Trump. I mean, Trump, really, I mean, he's in a class by himself, right? <laughs> in, in many regards. Uh, but uh, he leads the pack overwhelmingly. And depending on uh, which poll you look at, uh, it could be uh, Nikki Haley in the second place, Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't think I've seen uh, Chris Christie move up uh, close to uh, the second place, but uh, he's still in the hunt. So we'll see uh, how it all plays out, and uh, we will get the announcement, as I said, this week as to when the first in the nation New Hampshire primary is going to take place. The, uh, now, of course, the uh, DNC, the Democratic National Committee, uh, wants the, the first in the nation primary uh, in South Carolina. And we'll see how they react after the date of the New Hampshire primary is announced on Wednesday. Maybe they will schedule it before that. I don't know what's going to happen, but we do know that uh, sometime Wednesday afternoon, we will get the announcement of the date of the first in the nation, New Hampshire primary, and it will not be featuring uh, Tim Scott, unfortunately, because uh, I think uh, he was a 
terrific man. He still is. I mean, a terrific guy and a great senator. But he will not be uh, running for president. And, uh, you know, maybe he thinks at this point in time, with Donald Trump dominating the field the way he is, that it's not worth spending the literally millions of dollars you have to spend uh, in order to, uh, you know, wage a, a reasonable campaign. It takes a lot of money, folks, uh, to uh, run a campaign uh, with staffing, with uh, commercials on radio, television, and the newspapers. Uh, there's a lot of money involved, and, and maybe Tim Scott says enough is enough. I, I don't see a, a clear path to uh, the presidency or even uh, close to it. So maybe next time, maybe next time when uh, things will be a little bit different because uh, next time we won't have, uh, I'm, I'm sure, uh, one way or the other, we won't have Donald Trump uh, in the mix uh, next time around uh, in 2028. And Tim Scott is still a relatively young man, and uh, he will probably set his sights on the uh, 2028 uh, presidential election. I personally hope he does. Because I think he would be an outstanding leader for uh, for this country. But uh, it won't be this time around at any rate. So he has dropped out. So I guess uh, who's next? Who's next? Today, by the way, uh, Monday, November 13th. You probably knew that. But today is start a rumor day. Start a rumor day. So do you want to start a rumor as to who the next... Republican presidential candidate will be that will uh, drop out of the race? I'll start one. I'll start one right here on the radio. Chris Christie. I think Chris Christie will be the next to drop out. That's that's the rumor I'm going to spread today uh, right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. I hope you're having a good Monday morning so far, and uh, we will check in and uh, talk about uh, a little bit about the the New England Patriots in our next segment here on Kale and Company Live, and then we'll talk about something a little bit more positive later on, and that would be the University of New Hampshire football as the Wildcats won over the weekend. They will not be going to the postseason, but... They are hoping to have another winning season nonetheless. So we'll check in with head coach Rick Santos around 835 this morning. Right here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented proudly by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL for a Monday, the 13th day of November. I already uh, mentioned that it is Start a Rumor Day, and we started one. If you missed it, you're going to have to listen again to this program at uh, 7 o'clock tonight uh, here on WKXL. Uh, It's National uh, Actors Day. So, Kat, I would I would put you in that category. Actors Day. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, uh, today. So so there you go. <laughs> I know you'll be acting soon. I will be. In, in a production near you. And just, just remind us of it again. Yes, it's a Christmas Carol. 
the musical ghost story at the uh, Colonial Theater in Laconia with Powerhouse Theater Collaborative. I believe that's the 15th through the 17th. Let me take a peek. Yes, 15th through the 17th. Oh, there there you go. Mm-hmm. Of December. Of December. Yes. Yes. And right before Christmas. And uh, I saw it last year. And uh, it, it was amazing. Amazing. In a wonderful venue. The Colonial Theater in uh, Laconia. So yeah. uh, check it out, folks. I'm sure. I am certain the tickets are going rapidly for They it. are. They, we sell out pretty quick, so we always encourage folks to purchase your tickets now. It's a 750-seat theater, but it fills up. And uh, this is our biggest cast to date. It's about 80 people. Whoa. Yep. And uh, there have been little little changes here and there to the show. So if you if you saw it last year, you might want to come again. You want to see it again, mm-hmm. Matt. Absolutely. And, uh, gee, I, I saw uh, in an email I, I, I received, and I, I saw it after the fact, but that the Seussical was being performed over this past weekend in Pittsfield. It is, and we had it, sold out shows Saturday and Sunday. Wow. Yep. That is something. Now, uh, are there performances this coming weekend? Yes, this Friday and Saturday, 17th and 18th. So definitely make sure to uh, grab your tickets for that as well. <laughs> wow. Are they both evening performances? Yes, they both are. 7.30. Yep. All right. Well. Uh, unfortunately, can't make it due to my hockey commitments, but uh, it is a great show, folks. It's a great show, and they do terrific work, uh, the Pittsfield players, and it's a great theater as well. So, Susical the Musical, again, Friday and Saturday night uh, in Pittsfield this coming weekend. I, I guess I'm, I'm stalling because I, I really don't want to talk about this, but on the other hand, I do. The Patriots. They have fallen to 2-8 and eight for the first time since the year 2000. They lost, as many of you know. If you care about the Patriots, you know they lost yesterday uh, to the Indianapolis Colts in Frankfurt, Germany. 10-6 to six, uh, was the final score. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones uh, threw his uh, league-leading 10th interception Late in the fourth quarter to bring an end to what might have been the potential game-winning drive, and it might have brought to an end his career as a New England Patriot. Anyway, and you know, I don't, I don't say that uh, facetiously. I, I think that there's a good chance that he might have thrown uh, his last pass as a Patriot uh, yesterday. Uh, the Patriots uh, wound up getting the ball back after he threw that interception. After they stopped the Indianapolis Colts, they were able to get the ball back. But Mac Jones was not on the field. Bailey Zappi was uh, the quarterback. So uh, we shall see what happens. The Patriots are in a bye week. So Sometimes when major changes are made personnel-wise, whether they be on or off the field with a football team, a lot of times they do happen during the bye week because the Patriots will not play again until after Thanksgiving on November the 26th. And there's a number of things that could take place. But I think most people are focusing on the quarterback right now. I don't believe... I, I don't believe that uh, Bill Belichick uh, will be fired. Will be fired during the season. 
but I do not believe that uh, Bill Belichick will be back for the 2024 season with the New England Patriots. I think uh, Belichick's time uh, in New England is winding down. I don't know where his next stop is going to be. There will be one for Bill if he so desires. And I think he does. He wants to catch Don Shula for most career victories in regular season and postseason combined. And so he wants to uh, to do that. But I don't think it will be in New England. The Patriots now 2-8, and eight, as we mentioned. Haven't been that bad since the year 2000. And even then... They really had a, a much better nucleus of a team going forward than they do uh, right now because they are lacking, seriously lacking in a lot, a lot of areas, folks, a lot of areas and key areas as well. One of them would be at the quarterback position. You don't get uh, much more key than that. So uh, I don't know whether they'll they'll use Bailey Zappi uh, against the Giants. Will Greer, who has not uh, taken a snap yet as a Patriot at quarterback. But I, I would be shocked, shocked and chagrined to see Mac Jones out there starting in a couple of weeks in the Meadowlands against the New York Giants, who are... <laughs> they're, they're pretty bad themselves. And I'll tell you, that uh, I don't know what kind of bowl you would call that, uh, which will take place in the Meadowlands on November the 26th. Not a very good one. The 2-8 and eight Giants and the 2-8 and eight Patriots. Once two of the proudest franchises in the National Football League. And look where they are now. They are circling the drain, folks. Both teams. The Patriots and the New York football giants. I mean, it's a pretty sad state of affairs when the New York Jets are actually better than the New York Giants. (laughs) I say that for my friend Mike Murphy, who may be listening right now. Uh, Anyway, the Giants are bad. The Jets last night had a lead uh, most of the game in Vegas, but uh, wound up losing to the Raiders 16-12. They had an opportunity to win it on the last play of the game with a Hail Mary, but uh, it didn't work out. There was a record yesterday in the National Football League. A record was set yesterday in the NFL. Five National Football League games ended on Sunday with game-winning walk-off field goals. and uh, It's pretty amazing. Five uh, walk-off games. Uh, yesterday, as uh, Seattle defeated Washington, Cleveland over Baltimore, Houston over Cincinnati, Arizona over Atlanta, and Detroit over the Los Angeles Chargers. Five walk-off game-winning field goals in the NFL, and that, my friends, is an all-time record. So uh, there you go. Thought I would uh, pass that one along. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew you were, Mike. <laughs> oh, Murph's always out there, especially on a Monday when he knows uh, head coach Rick Santos is going to be uh, calling in to talk a little 
uh, UNH football. So, anyway, Patriots uh, have to go back to the drawing board. We'll see uh, what happens in a couple of weeks against the Giants in a battle of two and eight teams. It, it should be interesting. Uh, Celtics now at seven and two after uh, weekend wins over Brooklyn and uh, Toronto, and uh, they are seven and two. The New York Knicks are five and four, and they will square off tonight at TD Garden, and uh, tip-off time will be around uh, 7.40. So that should be a good one. And the uh, Boston Bruins, well, they lost in overtime to uh, Montreal on Saturday night at the Forum in Montreal. I don't think they call it that uh, anymore. Uh, I think it's the, the Bell Center now, or maybe they've gone through another name change. I don't know, but it was Montreal anyway. And a lot of Bruins fans up there, but the team lost in uh, OT. And the Bruins will be back in action tomorrow night in Buffalo. As we mentioned, coming up after the break, we'll talk it over with the head football coach from the University of New Hampshire, Rick Santos. Right after these words, it's Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are powered by Northeast Delta Dental. Stand by for more. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, 1450 on the AM dial in the greater Concord area, 1039 FM in the uh, Concord uh, metropolitan area, uh, as it were, and uh, 1019 FM in Manchester, that booming signal in the downtown uh, area of the Queen City, and uh, all over uh, central and southern New Hampshire. So, at any rate, we're still uh, waiting for the, uh, the appearance of Rick Santos. Rick, give us a call. Murph, give him a nudge. And uh, <laughs> we hope to have Coach Santos on the show uh, real soon. And, and you know what? There, there you go. He, he is with us right now, right in the nick of time. Coach Santos, good morning to you. Good morning, Ken. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm, I'm very well. And uh, your UNH Wildcats, uh, one on the road over Monmouth Saturday, 31-24. to And uh, it was uh, uh, quite, quite a finish. Uh, uh, Matt Vezza, the uh, freshman quarterback, tell us, tell us about how the game ended on Saturday. Yeah, it certainly was. A um, little bit of a sluggish start on, on offense. Uh, you know, they had a really good defensive plan. Uh, we had some different guys in there, in particular up front. So the continuity was a little bit off. Uh, but we found a way ultimately scoring on our last three possessions, scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter, which was pretty amazing for us. That's the best fourth quarter performance we've had in the year. And, um, yeah, you know, Lobby, uh, you know, got knocked out a little bit of the game. Max Brosmer got hit pretty hard. And uh, we went with the freshman on the last drive, and he went in there and, you know, really had great command for someone who hasn't uh, hasn't played at all yet in his college career. So that was his first opportunity to get in there scrambled for a nice nice first down to extend the drive and um, it was a fourth and three play with you know about two minutes to go game tied and uh, his first and second primary reads weren't there scrambled to his left 
threw an off off platform throw that was a great great uh great throw and catch by him by another freshman miles thomason so uh really cool moment really proud of those young guys for stepping up so uh the the youngsters connected and uh led the wildcats uh, to a victory and as you said uh, 21 points come from behind uh, victory on saturday at uh, at monmouth and uh, a good way to uh, head into the the final week uh, of the season as you guys get ready for the University of Maine. Yeah, certainly was. Um, and obviously we've had some heartbreakers this year. I think we played some, some really good football for an extended period of time and um, didn't quite finish some games early on. So our message this week was just finding a way to get this one. Got the momentum. I mean, the, uh, the motivation of, of Maine kind of takes care of itself, right? So we want to find a way to get a winning season uh, and make sure that we see these seniors off the, the correct way. So happy with the leadership and yeah now on the main our hated arrival this is going to be a going to be a battle yeah and uh, you've played in a number of those and uh, and you know what kind of a rivalry it was regardless of what the uh, the records of the teams may be i guess that's this is the kind of game rick where they use that old uh, cliche you can throw out the record books and throw out the records because uh, it doesn't matter when these two teams go against each other no it certainly doesn't i think that's exactly right you, i mean you look at you don't have to look any further than last year. Um, you know, we had a chance to, to win the championship and, and ultimately did with that win. Um, they only had a couple wins going into it. And, you know, it took us to overtime, scored 40. And it was just an absolute bloodbath back and forth. Uh, great, great hard-fought contest. So I have all the utmost respect for them. They're going to play extremely hard. Um, they're coming off a bye as well. So, I'm sure, you know, having that extra week of preparation, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see a bunch of trickeration and, and different things schematically to try to get us off our rhythm. So get really excited for this one. Yeah, you, it, uh, it's it got to be tough, though, for, for your team uh, in, in particular because, as you mentioned, you, you've had a number of heartbreakers uh, this year, more more than your fair share. And uh, now you enter the, the last uh, week of the season. You're, you're still playing a good football, but then the season comes to uh, an immediate halt after Saturday's game. So that, that has to be a little tough. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you know, we, we put so much into this profession um, as coaches, as players, and you work hard to have really good continuity between your staff and your student athletes. And, you know, I, you know, being an alum here, I think it just has adding, added a percent of how much uh, I put into this thing. I love these kids. I dearly do. So to, to not have any more opportunities with the, with the senior group, uh, it's heartbreaking, to be honest with you, Ken, and wish we could extend it. But that's where we're at, and then that's the harsh reality. So we, we need to cherish every single moment that we have this week and embrace it and just go have some fun. A few times on these uh, chats uh, th- this season, you've talked about uh, your redshirt uh, freshman, Colby Ramshaw, and I see uh, uh, Colby had uh, one of those uh, touchdowns in that big fourth quarter for you. He did. He did. Uh, you know, I, I think he has the making of being a really good football player for us and, and uh, could be dominant at this level, so... Happy with his, his the way he's going along, and you know you got to give credit to Paul Lepkowski, his biggest fan. You know I, I think Colby has came in here and uh, really stepped his game up and been extremely productive and, and taken away maybe some touches and some touchdowns from from our senior leader. And there's nobody more happy for him than uh, than Kyle. So I think it's really really cool the continuity that they have in that room. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, Colby will be around for a, f- a few more years along with uh, some of the other uh, un- underclassmen. You have a pretty good class uh, uh, coming back for next season. 
Yeah, we certainly do. Um, we certainly do. And excited. I think the future is bright here. Uh, a lot of work to do in the offseason to clean some things up. But, uh, you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, absolutely so. So what's the preparation going to be like uh, this week for the Black Bears? What's the, the practice schedule like? Uh, we'll go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday uh, like we have. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just finding a way to, to continue to work on some of the things that we need to get better at. But I, I think it's just kind of taking it all in, embracing the moment. We, we do something pretty neat where we let all the seniors after practice um, talk for a couple minutes about their experience here, some of the things that they've learned, kind of share some wisdom with the young guys, uh, and then talk about kind of how important this game is. So I always love this week because you get to hear from the leadership on the team, um, and I think it's a great way for them to, you know, kind of leave a lasting legacy with the young guys and impart some wisdom on them before, before they leave. Well, you know it's going to be uh, electric in uh, Durham on a Saturday afternoon. And, uh, Coach, we, we look forward to the big matchup against uh, Maine and, uh, and the Wildcats having a, another winning season. Absolutely. That's, that's the goal. We're going to work to get it done. I, I appreciate you having me again, Ken. Uh, all right. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. And wrap up the season. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Rick Santos. Head coach of football at the University of New Hampshire, now at 5-5 uh, five and five overall. And uh, they have an opportunity, if they beat Maine on uh, Saturday, to go on to a, uh, a winning season, which they usually have uh, in, in Durham. And, uh, boy, they have had their, their share of uh, heart-wrenching, uh, gut-wrenching victories uh, and, and, uh, and defeats uh, this year as well. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been quite uh, quite a season for the Wildcats. A lot of high scoring games. They've been able to put a lot of points uh, on the board, and uh, and they will finish up the season. So if you want to catch the Wildcats in action, you have one more chance to do it this year, and that'll be uh, in Durham on a Saturday afternoon. And the kickoff time will be at uh, one o'clock at Wildcat Stadium as the. Five and five Wildcats take on the two and eight University of Maine Black Bears, and I do believe there's still uh, some tickets available for that one. Hey, you know, we missed on Friday uh, during the fun bunch of, of mentioning an anniversary. You know that uh, November 11th, 1965, now we're talking about now uh, 58 years ago, 58 years ago, that the uh, Douglas N. Everett Arena opened in Concord on Veterans Day, 1965. So happy 58th anniversary to the Everett Arena down by the uh, Merrimack River and still uh, serving hockey teams uh, very well. There's never enough ice time. Uh, You know, when they put down that sheet of ice, it's always... Uh, filled the capacity, lots of uh, open skating there as well uh, for folks to take advantage of, but uh, lots of hockey action uh, virtually all the time after that uh, sheet of ice goes down at the Everett Arena. That The place is buzzing, folks, with uh, uh, junior hockey and uh, midget hockey, youth hockey in general, and, of course, the high school uh, hockey season uh, coming up in the not-too-distant future as uh, those hockey teams will be starting to practice uh, just a little bit after Thanksgiving and get the season started uh, in December and looking forward to uh, that. 
today, by the way, we mentioned it's uh, Actors Day. Also, uh, start a rumor day, which we did. A National Bread Pudding Day. If you're a bread pudding fan, this is your day. National Indian Pudding Day. Why do they have two pudding days on the same date? Bread Pudding Day, Indian Pudding Day. Couldn't they spread them out a little bit? It's also Sadie Hawkins Day. You know that Sadie Hawkins Day started with the uh, cartoon Little Abner? Lil Abner, the cartoon which started Sadie Hawkins Day. And it's also World Kindness Day. Be kind today on World Kindness Day, Monday, November 13th, 2023. Uh, We will take a break. Kale and Company Live right here, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented and powered by... Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back on this Monday. Kale and Company on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Presented by Northeast Delta Dental. This from WMUR News. A new report from North American Electric Reliability Corporation said this winter season could be even worse for people trying to keep their power on. Uh, Recent extreme cold weather events have put most of the U.S. and parts of Canada, especially uh, New England, at the higher risk for electricity supply shortages this winter. This is uh, not good news, folks. Uh, Jim Matheson, the CEO of the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association, said New England specifically is at elevated risk this winter. It may not be really bad today, but the trend is going in the wrong direction. Matheson said there's been a trend over the years where electricity is in higher demand and not enough supply, especially in New England. He went on to say we're not building new power plants. We may be shutting down some plants over the last few years that are always available and replacing them with wind and solar, which isn't always available. According to uh, NERC, the National Rural Electric Cooperative, during a New England winter storm in 2022, the flow of gas was reduced into pipelines and both electric and gas systems were stressed in much of the eastern half of the United States. And that led to more unplanned Uh, generation losses than expected. Matheson said, and I quote, you had nine states in the mid-Atlantic part of the country that had rolling blackouts, and it's because it was really cold. People were using more and more electricity, and they were also using more natural gas to heat their homes. He also said in New England, there is limited ability to build more gas pipelines, which is not new. He said the trend for the future is not looking good, so that's why I think it's important to sound the alarm. So what needs to happen? Matheson said we're going to have to find a way to create greater natural gas supply, uh, which will allow for new electric power plants to be built. Matheson said when it comes to public policy, there needs to be new ways to allow the building of new facilities and make it easier to get permits to meet these kinds 
of needs. And uh, as you know, we are heading into uh, that time of the year. Woke up to uh, temperatures in some parts of our listening audience uh, today that were below 20 degrees. Right? Did you have that experience as well? A car making a little noise when it uh, <laughs> when you tried to turn it over? I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. But uh, it was in, in some areas today, a little bit north of Concord, uh, under 18 or in the area of 18 degrees thereabouts uh, this morning. So we're heading to that time of year. We'll have, you know, we'll have a few warm days along the way, but don't let it fool you because uh, winter will be here uh, in earnest uh, very shortly. Well, uh, we mentioned uh, earlier in the broadcast today, in case you missed it, Tim Scott has decided to pull out of the uh, Republican primary race uh, a couple of months before the uh, New Hampshire primary, which we assume will be sometime in January. We'll find out uh, later this week from our Secretary of State, uh, David Scanlon. He will let us know on Wednesday, we believe, in the afternoon, several presidential candidates visited New Hampshire over the weekend for a chance to meet with voters ahead of the announcement for the date of the first in the nation primary. Former President Donald Trump and businessman Vivek Ramaswamy hit the campaign trail in the Granite State over the weekend. The former president, well, did it again. He packed them in large crowds Saturday. For a campaign rally in Claremont, uh, Ramaswamy also made a few stops, including in Farmington, where he answered questions about foreign policy and the economy during a town hall event on Sunday. The 38-year-old answered questions on foreign policy, saying he thinks Israel is the country's most valuable ally in the Middle East. Now, Ramaswamy laid out some of the uh, priorities for his first term in office. If he makes it to the White House, he said number one on that list is shut down the deep state. Reduce the number of federal bureaucrats by 75%. I bet that drew a large round of applause when he said that. He said, I'm going to do that by the end of my first term. 50% of that will be by the end of year one, Ramaswamy said. And he also talked about Social Security benefits. Now, that was a big topic during the uh, last debate on uh, Wednesday night of uh, last week in Florida. Uh, what did he say about it? He said if that same money that's going into a Social Security tax was instead just an investment credit into your own account and you invested it, uh, the way your financial advisor would, it went straight into index funds. If we had done that for the last 20 years, those benefits today, the uh, 1800 meaning the $1,800 uh, check, would be 18000 Ramaswamy said. How about that? Kind of, <laughs> kind of doesn't make you feel very good, right? If you're collecting those uh, Social Security checks. All of this comes just uh, days before uh, our Secretary of State, David Scanlon, is expected to announce the date of the New Hampshire primary. 
Uh, Ramaswamy said, we're going to keep the first-in-the-nation primary status intact because New Hampshire correctly is trained to pick presidents. We know what we're doing, folks, in the Granite State when it comes to picking presidents and not picking presidents. Look, in the Democratic primary last year in New Hampshire, Joe Biden finished fifth. So there you go. We have some idea of what we're doing here uh, in the Granite State. Now, last month, Scanlon said he was waiting to see where other states set their primary dates. The uh, Democrat National Committee uh, changed the calendar to put South Carolina first. However, Scanlon has been adamant that New Hampshire will still be first, something that uh, Granite State voters say is a point of pride. Plus the fact, as we said, we do it better than uh, anyone else. I mean, there's, there's no place where retail politics is better than in New Hampshire, and the candidates uh, know that. The candidates that actually get out and campaign uh, know that. Not to mention any names of those who don't campaign, but that's a story for another day. But those who campaign, no, no, they have to get out and meet the people. They have to talk to the people, uh, understand their concerns, and, uh, you know, why the people come out to the polls in record numbers uh, for New Hampshire primaries. And we've been doing that for 100 years because people actively get involved in this state. We are engaged in this state more than any other in retail presidential politics, whether it be on the Republican side or the Democrat side or independent, doesn't matter. People in this state are more thoroughly engaged in the process than anywhere else. And that's why that status of being first in the nation should continue. And I think David Scanlon is going to make sure, in the great tradition of Bill Gardner, the former Secretary of State, that that tradition will continue here in the Granite State. So... There you go. We'll know Wednesday. We will know on Wednesday when uh, that uh, primary is going to occur. Uh, my, now this is not, a, I'm not starting a rumor here. I started one earlier. Uh, my guess is it is going to be the 23rd of January. January 23rd. That's, that's my date in the pool. January 23rd, which is uh, the Tuesday after... Uh, the Iowa caucuses, January 15th is the Iowa caucuses, and then the following week, Tuesday, the 23rd. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm guessing, but like my football picks, I'll probably be wrong, but that's the date that I am submitting for the uh, first in the nation primary here in the great state of New Hampshire. Well, we appreciate the fact that you are out there in our listening audience. And uh, we hope you come back tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. And uh, talk a little, uh, well, a little of this, a little of that, as we always do here on the program. Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more, find your plan at... Delta Dental covers me. 
www.thepatriotmedia.com. And remember, folks, when you go on your merry way on this uh, Monday, always look on the bright side of life because there is one. Have a great Monday, everybody.